Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. October is dragging. It seems like the pirate season ended months ago, but it's actually only been three weeks. When you don't have Pirates baseball, what do you do? You wake up on a Steelers victory Monday, and I call on my old friend Jason Mackey to talk some Pirates because that's what I do. How you doing today, brother? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I I share the sentiment. It's a weird month um, from a baseball writer's perspective. It's an extremely weird month because you're used to going 90 miles an hour, and now you kind of can't because there's nothing. But uh, it should pick up before too long, one would hope. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be. I mean, we got the Penguins are back. You've got, you know, some college football. You've got, like I said, the Steelers. But like you said, you only, like, you're used to, like, you know, go into a three-game series, then another three-game series, and you get like a break for the All-Star break, but this just, it just seems like it's way too long, and you kind of are coming up with things to talk about that are, I mean, you just don't know. It's like you're, you're talking about the unknown, but, I mean, in baseball, that's actually kind of fun to talk about. So, I mean, the first order of business here is that, I mean, once the World Series ends, like the pirates are going to have to get some people off of the roster. They're going to be over 40 and you can't be that if you want to add guys, you know, for free agency, if you want to uh, add people to protect them from the rule five draft, all kinds of different things. So my question to you is, is there like any like real easy options? And I know these are players careers and different things like that. I don't want to talk about it as like, you know, oh, this guy could easily go. But are there people that might just be removed, like, pretty quickly? Yeah, I think so. Um, and, I, yeah, I'm sensitive to it as well, Craig. I understand, you know, you see these guys put work in every day, and, and you don't like to refer to them as, as chess pieces or whatever. But, I mean, if we are talking about roster cuts and that sort of thing, it, it's inevitable. You know, you look at... I guess one I would look at is Alfonso Rivas. Um, And again, nothing against poor Alfonso, but if I'm looking at how the Pirates are going to best comport themselves in 2024, it probably does not include Alfonso Rivas, Um, at least not as it pertains to their current 40-man roster. Like If you need to create space, that's a soft spot where you can find some room. Um, So yeah, generally speaking, I think I can go through uh, their 40-man roster and find some 
find some areas to cut. Uh, I don't think it's as dire as maybe we sometimes make it out to be. Um, you can take guys off the roster and send them down, do whatever. Um, you know, I think we're sort of programmed to think that everybody is going to stay, that these guys are elite performers. And I think the fact of the matter is that you can sneak some guys through and some guys might just not have futures with the team. I think there needs to be a discussion. I think we're going to get there um, about arbitration eligible players. You look at non-tenders, that sort of thing. Who's going to stick with you? Who's not? Um, Harleen Garcia, just for instance, like that, that's a decision the Pirates should take about three seconds to make um, and his option. I mean, no reason to continue there. So anyway, that's a long-winded way of saying, yes, I think there are areas you can uh, find a couple. Yeah, and I look at some guys that I almost call like the, the bubble-type candidates, like a, a Joshua Palacios, who, you know, gave us some really great moments, but the overall body of work doesn't maybe meet, you know, a guy that's on the 40-man. But I could also say, you know, he plays some pretty good defense, hits fairly well, uh, hits for some power. It's not something that, you know, we're, you know, brimming with in in the minor league system or on the major league team. Uh, a Kanan Smith and Jigba, I thought, could have been a candidate at, at some point in time during the season, especially after, like, you know, you see a Cal Mitchell go, and, he and you know, you don't see uh, Kanan Smith and Jigba really get a shot. You know, Osvaldo Beto, Alika Williams. Is there anybody, like, that you think that's, like, could go either way? Yeah, I mean, Palacios isn't one of those for me, though, Craig. He's, he's really not. I, and I don't think that's how the organization feels about him. I know it's not, you know, this question and topic isn't just about Palacios, but I thought what Ben Sheridan said on his radio show late in the year was was important, impactful, whatever. You know, said, so, like, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be on the Major League roster next season. And frankly, I mean, they need somebody with the energy that he has being able to pinch hit. Um, you know, if he's your fourth outfielder, I think you're in a pretty good spot. I think there's some questions surrounding that, like what happens with Connor Joe? What does that mean for Andrew McCutcheon? I still fully expect Andrew McCutcheon to be back, but, you know, can he play the outfield? If he can, how do you balance time for five? Palacios really doesn't play another position. Uh, so, I mean, there's some stuff to, to ask about that, but you're talking about a guy who's performed extremely well off the bench, who has a nice little bit of swagger to him. I like that. I think it's, it fits well in a team like, the pirates that are you know, they're kind of quiet um but at the same time there are other considerations you know you and i were talking off the air we'll get to this more but henry davis what do you do there i i, I still think it's the best move to play him in right field the majority of the time which is going to cut into Palacios' playing time um but yes there I, I absolutely think there are bubble candidates um miguel and duhar is somebody i i don't totally understand what the pirates did with him this past season um it's just a complicated thing, right? Like he spends all year in the minors, comes back in September, hits pretty well, but still kind of tepid playing time. I don't, and they're looking at about a $2 million bill, theoretically, um, if they're going to tender him a contract. I, I don't necessarily think it makes sense. I don't see a role for Alika Williams just to continue sort of running through. Um, you know, I think you need to turn over playing time. Obviously, when Neil Cruz is going to be back, Pagaro, Gonzalez, at second base, to me, they're they're more of the future than Olika Williams. Maybe a late inning defensive replacement, but I don't see what what he's adding to warrant the roster spot at this point. G1 Bay probably wouldn't punt on the athleticism and what he can do 
um, although I wasn't totally enamored with his season either. Uh, yeah, so I mean, we, we could just go through name by name here. You know, if they lost <laughs> Cody Bolton or Hunter Stratton or Colin Selby, uh, Kyle Nicholas, like you're going to take gambles. You know, the organization isn't going to be shuttered if like Bailey Falter is a casualty or Thomas Hatch or something like that. You know, I, I think Gary De Los Santos, like I think we get wrapped up into thinking like, oh my goodness, somebody else can claim one of these guys. It's, it's relatively speaking, it's not that big a deal. They have bigger off-season moves. Yeah, and I feel like Alika, I mean, if if his bat could have came around a little bit more, definitely played the position, you know, better than, you know, anybody else that we were putting in there. Some of the guys were struggling there. So, but like you said, it's it's not really, I mean, it's like, yeah, late-inning defensive replacement that doesn't really provide any pop in the bat. Like, how much can that be? And then you bring up Anjuar and and. and and Joe, and that goes to the the arbitration, like, is, I feel like they might be the only guys that aren't, quote unquote, like, slam dunk, you know, you tender them no matter what. Um, I, me, yes. personally, I mean, like, Ryan Barucki for, like, I think it's 1.3 million, like, that's a, that's a no-brainer, but with Joe being a super two, I mean, it kind of forces them to make that decision a little bit quicker. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably tender Joe. Um, I, I think, worst case scenario, I think he's a reliable backup at multiple spots. Joe a lot. I think he could benefit a team. I think, you know, he can play 130 games at multiple positions and I don't think a team's going to, you know, be embarrassed or worried about having him out there. But does he fit the Pirates' needs? I, I just don't see it. I don't see how the Pirates are a better team if he's playing a lot of games at either spot. I think, you know, best case scenario, if I'm looking how for the Pirates to sort of advance in 2024, I mean, I know that I'm beating a different drum than they are with Henry Davis in right field, but like I want to see Henry Davis in right field and try to develop a little bit. I want to see power. I want to see him grow in the outfield, and that's not accomplished by playing Connor Joe out there. First base, I'd probably like to see either a free agent addition, Jared Triolo, or both. I think there's a way to do it with Carlos Santana where you're kind of addressing a couple needs, but if they didn't want to go Santana and they wanted to go bigger, I, I wouldn't complain. You know, If you really feel like there's offense to be had over there which there might be okay great then, then you're going to seek an offensive upgrade there i just bh wise to me the best way you end it um, maybe pr wise maybe baseball wise whatever you want to call it with cutch you do one more year you know and, and this is kind of it and i, I think it's either cutch or you're rotating through reynolds hayes Cruz, giving guys a half day off so i just i don't see the fit for Connor Joe right now with the team and it, it's nothing against Joe it's just you know he might be able to obtain something minor in a trade maybe you package him with something else I don't know I just think there's a roster spot and playing time to be allocated a little differently it's like you're reading off of my notepad here because you kind of just went down like every single point it's camera Craig I know, you must be... I, I, I planted one last night because <laughs> it's a, basically thinking to myself I'm going here, I'm going... You know, with Kutch and Santana, it's like, is this like, is it just easy? Is it smart? Is it both? I mean, because 
Carlos wants to come back. Obviously, Kutch wants to come back. I feel like that there is, you know, intangibles outside of the baseball field that they brought, but they also had, you know, both of them had their best seasons in a few years. You know, what's the chance of of that repeating itself? And the thing with, like, Santana that keeps on being brought up that, like, goes into my head is that, I mean, a lot of people say, you know, and you even just, like, kind of mentioned it on the fly, is like, okay, we'll put Triola over there, we'll put Santana over there. And I'm like, does does everybody realize that, like, Santana actually hits better when he's, like, right-handed than left-handed? I, I, I don't, do you know what I mean? So, like, that's, like, it, it gets tough in that. Like, if you want to, I mean, give him a couple days off, move, you know, Triololo around or whatever. But, I mean, last year, he was, as a as a lefty, he had a 94 OPS plus. And as a righty, he had a 117 OPS plus. So, like, and, and I don't mind bringing Santana back. But then it's just, like, you know, is Joe playing over there? Is... Triolo playing over there. Obviously, it's not going to be Alfonso Rivas, you know, but what what's going to happen? Yeah, and I don't have an answer for you, Craig. I mean, I I wish the platoon was set up differently. You know, natural, like, let's just say Triolo was like, you know, a left-handed hitter or, or a switch with great left-handed numbers. Like, okay, great. Then you play Santana against lefties and you play Triolo against righties and, and that's just fantastic. But, I mean, it's not that, uh, but I, I, I do just look at that position. I look at other needs that the Pirates have, specifically with pitching, and I, I'm, I'm going to have an open acknowledgement that it's not going to be a free agent frenzy. I think people sort of assume that. So I'm thinking like, okay, minimal spends, how do we best allocate dollars? How do we also open up playing time for young guys? I was relatively impressed with Jared Triolo. I think he can be a part of this team. I think he can win a gold glove at first base. He's not going to play a third obviously um i like kind of bouncing him at the same time look at their team structure i want sawinski and reynolds to be playing most days in the outfield and again i go back to i think henry davis needs to play and get experience so what am i going to do with triolo maybe i play him at second okay but i kind of want some runway there for Pigero and gonzalez as well it makes the most sense to play him at first and i can save money by putting santana putting triolo there um, you know, and I, maybe I just rest Carlos more, and that's fine. He's going to be 39. It, it's not a natural platoon, but you're just sitting a guy saying, hey, just, just take a day. Just take a day. We're going to play Triolo there. Other days we can look for starts for Triolo in the outfield, maybe second base, whatever. Um, you know, and, and at the same time, I'm probably going to get out of that scenario without spending a bunch of money. I would hope that I can have Carlos Santana for three, four million bucks. The byproduct of that of inheriting kind of an unnatural platoon situation, your shortstop's going to be really happy. I saw that with my own two eyes several times last year about O'Neill Cruz, Carlos Santana, the respect he has for him, sort of what Santana thinks about that relationship and, and mentoring Cruz. Like, that is a big thing for O'Neill. We never really got to see it manifest because Cruz was lost with the fractured ankle. Uh, something that as Cruz comes back and you want him to be comfortable and productive, I think they need to be cognizant of, and I think they are. So that's why I keep saying the Santana thing. And then, you know, just the last point is you're saving money and go spend it on pitching and they need the pitching help. I mean, that's, that's where the, the more dire need is at. And we're talking about like the DH position because I mean, it's going to be a tough thing because I mean, we really didn't get to see O'Neill, unfortunately, because, 
I mean, like you said, he, he fractured his ankle, and, and we didn't get to see, like, if he's going to be able to play, you know, shortstop every single day, you know, for 162. I mean, obviously, probably wouldn't be 162, but but close to that. And so, like, if we, we talked in, I think it was the beginning of September, maybe the end of August, and we were just basically saying, like, Kutch, he has to play the outfield. Like, he can't. He can't hog the DH position again because you you have the uncertainty with 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 uh, Cruz. You have you know if you're going to have Andy and Henry both catch, and you want to play them every day. Yes, you know they do have some flexibility in the field, but the more natural thing that we see you know other teams do, like with like an, an Adley Rushman, is on their off days they play DH. So. It's like a lot of, like I said, we're talking about the unknown here. We're talking about, like, is yeah. O'Neill Cruz going to be able to play shortstop, and is he going to have to DH more? Yeah, and I mean, I think if that guy, it, it, you know, call it a nameless gray face, if it was anybody other than Andrew McCutcheon, there's no way the Pirates would keep that roster spot allocated in that way. You know what I mean? Like, that, that guy's not coming back. If it was any other player who's, what, now 37 and had that production and could not play the outfield, like, sorry. You might have had a good year at the plate. You drew some walks. You got on base, but you're going to make three million, four million, five million dollars to do that. No, thank you. Uh, that being said, Andrew McCutcheon is a bigger draw than any player they have there. Maybe this side of O'Neill Cruz, but with Cruz out, like Kutch puts butts in seats, man. Kutch <laughs> generates goodwill surrounding the team. Um, it, I, I do believe I. Maybe this makes me a dinosaur or stupid or something, and that's fine. But like, there's a you need to do right by the guy. You need to do do right by the guy. It's a very simple question. You can give me all the analytics and, and stuff on Statcast and whatever. Andrew McCutcheon should not be hobbling off the field with a, a messed up Achilles, one homer shy of 300, and that have his last memory. That be his last memory at PNC Park. It just shouldn't. You know, like the guy wants to keep playing, the guy wants to keep going after. There's a way to do that deftly, and that's to sit down with Kutch and say, like, buddy, we need this to be it. Let's let's agree that this is your last one. We have a roster spot for you. We want to do this the right way. We want to be respectful to you, but, like, this is what we need with our roster. We need to do this for one more year, and this is going to be it. Um, you know, get, get him on the Adam Wainwright plan, the Miguel Cabrera plan, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, it's... It's unnatural. I agree with you 100% on the best way for the Pirates to handle that DH spot is to do exactly what you're saying. Rotate Cruz through, rotate Reynolds through, rotate Hayes through. It keeps those guys fresh, keeps their bat in the lineup, whatever. But, I mean, there's also an element of we need to be fair to Andrew McCutcheon, acknowledge all the things he's done for Pittsburgh and, and baseball and this market and the importance that he plays. Like you, you don't want to screw him over. And it would be great if he could play the outfield. I agree. That would make make this easier. Um, uh, you know, I, I was the one that wrote the column advocating for him to play first base. And I still think that's, <laughs> that's not an insane thing. As much as somebody might want to tell me it's not going to happen, I, I don't care. I would still have Andrew McCutcheon working at first base, and I think this makes the entire thing work better if he can play some there. But... Um, Whatever it is, even if it's a part-time DH role, man, you need to figure out a way to make this work. Yeah, I mean, and, and it seems like it's definitely going to happen. And, and it is unfortunate that, you know, the season ended with, with the Achilles injury. 
it would have made the decision in my, at least in my mind, in my eyes, a little bit easier. It would make a little bit more sense. But a guy that had an ankle, a guy that had, you know, an elbow and, and definitely did do well at the plate. But if that's all he can do, it's almost like talking about, you know, limiting his playing time, limiting his at bats and just, you know, kind of giving him, like you said, like the, the farewell tour. It's like, Andrew, you will play, you know, one game in, in every stadium, but that's probably all you're going to do. You're going to sit on the bench for the other two games. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. I'm not counting cuts out from playing the field. Like, I do think that's important to him. Um, I don't think that it, I don't think it's impossible, Craig. I really don't. Like, yeah. And I, I don't want to see him just be relegated to like cheerleader duty or something like that. Like I, I do look at his at bats last year and think that he can play an important part. I think guys really look at him in a in a positive way, and you know he can impact this team. He really can, but. You know, I, it's it's not going to be playing 140 games. It shouldn't be playing 140 games, but I don't want it to be playing 60. Yeah. Either. I just think that, you know, we, we need to, again, I'm sorry to keep coming back to this, but it's a way to, it's a lot less taxing to play first base than it is to play the outfield and try to throw and do those drills and whatever. It's just a different different type of movement. If you ever see me out and about in Pittsburgh, you will always recognize me. And not just because of the white beard, but also because the why that is always on top of my head. The hat I always wear. The Yin's brand. Proud partners with Bucks in the Basement. Three dynasties. One brand. Yin's. Finally, one brand to rep all black and gold. Follow at Shop Yin's for new merch drops and giveaways. Order online at WW Shop Yins, the emphasis on the two Z's, high quality comfort, lightweight materials, a new modern look for the black and gold, made for Yins by a Yinzer. As a fan, like I obviously, I want Kutch back. It, it, going to that opening day and him coming out and getting the standing ovation, like it was, it was electric and it was so much fun and he is still a very good baseball player and he you know he's got a great eye i mean his his eye has just gotten better with age and you want to do right by him and talking about doing right by a player and we talked about this beforehand and and we almost got into like a discussion even before we got started was just with with Henry Davis at the catcher position and it just kind of like doing right by him he wants to catch. Henry Davis wants to be a catcher. And you can tell that he wants to be a catcher. If he could play, you know, any position, he'll say, you know, I'll play anywhere, which he probably, I mean, he will. He's a team player. But in his mind, he wants to be a catcher. But the question is, can he be a major league catcher? I would push back on the whole wants to be a catcher. Thing. Okay. Um, from knowing Henry and people close to him and, Henry wants to win. Um, I don't think he particularly cares if it's behind the plane. 
I really don't. I've had these discussions with him and, again, other people close to him. He wants to play. He wants to impact the team. Um, he doesn't want to be a drag on the team. And I think there was a bit of a frustration that he wasn't better in right field. And I, I don't blame Henry. I think it was an impossible ask. But I would I would push back against the sentiment that, like, Henry wants to be a catcher. Um, you know, I'm sure, yeah, it, he wants to be a catcher just like, you know, you and I want to play Major League Baseball or something <laughs> like that. Like, you know, we can want things, but it's far more important to Henry, I think, to be a positive contributor on the team. And I think he looks at it like, oh, if he's a catcher, he might be limited in the number of games he can play. If he plays right field, maybe he gets out there 150-plus times a year, and he's more of a regular um, factor. I, I think that – I think he knows how well his arm could play in right field. Um I think it would be hard to miss that. And I think that I, I don't think he's terribly far off, as crazy as that sounds. Like, if they just said to Henry, and I think you agree with this, Craig, if they said to Henry, forget about the catching, you're not catching, Andy's catching delays the backup. What we need is for you to be a serviceable right fielder. We need you to improve your routes, improve the minutia of the position, learn how to read balls off the wall, put your arm to work. I do think he could do that. And I think he would jump in, you know, head first and figure that out and craft a workout plan and all this stuff that carried him through the offseason. Why they're not doing that, I don't understand. Uh, their reasoning is, you know, that it's harder to learn the nuance of catching, et cetera. Maybe there's a desire, you know, we took him 1 1 as a catcher and we need to prove that that was the right pick. I don't know. Um, but I, I don't think if they said to Henry Davis, like, look, your catching days are done. You're playing 100% right field. We need you good. I don't think you'd be upset by that. I really don't. Well, that's that's really good to hear. And I, and like I said, I, I, it just feels that way. But also, it could just be that since everything was, you know, not very clear as to what was happening with him this year and what's happening with him now. Maybe that's kind of why I felt that way because they're him going back to catcher. Because it just to me, it doesn't make as much sense. And I know that his bat, like you know, kind of forced the issue to kind of get him up here because you know the team was struggling offensively. But then to put him yeah. into like a completely new position and then now say, okay, we really didn't let you catch to the major league level outside of like maybe like two innings this year. But when you arrive in spring training, you're you're going to be a catcher again with. Andy not knowing what's going on with delay and giving Andy so much run at, at the catching yeah. position and not giving it to Henry. It just didn't really make sense. I'll actually defend the pirates and how they handled this stuff to this point. I, I don't, I don't have much of an issue with, you know, what they did with Henry, how they've tried to handle him. Um, I think they thought the catching was going to come along. I think they thought that they were going to be able to affect it and it was going to be positive. And I mean, You've got a kid with a hose like that behind the plate who's caught his entire life, puts a lot into it. I think he's very smart. I think he handles that part of the game well. I think the adjustment that has not come, and I've watched this in spring training. I checked it with Michael McHenry, who obviously knows a heck of a lot more about catching than me. But, you know, stuff like keeping the ball in front of you and just, you know, what's required of um, receiving major league pitching, which is obviously better stuff, nastier stuff, the what am I, the line of demarcation is not really it, but I mean, like, there's a, a finer line between good and bad at the major leagues, and I just don't think Henry's good enough with some of that stuff. And there's there's nothing wrong with that. I think the Pirates hoped that it would improve. 
they sat him next to Jason Kendall, you know, for a reason and, and, you know, really thought and hoped that they could get this thing done. And it just, it didn't work out as well as maybe some people hoped. Okay. Well, the byproduct of that was he didn't get a ton of time in right field, but they're trying to get his bat in the lineup, which is fair. They need offense. He has bat. Um, I get it. I get it. But what we've seen this year, Craig, Andy Rodriguez, I think has some legit talent back there. I mean, inconsistent. Sure. But like, I'm, pretty much in the camp of Endy should be this team's catcher. Jason DeLay, to me, is a perfect backup catcher and has handled Mitch Keller and Quinn Priester quite well. Why they don't just let DeLay catch Mitch, go with Endy most other days, and then have Henry in right field, it just sort of it, it baffles me. I don't understand it. We keep coming back to the same thing, but it's just a, it's an odd odd desire to like keep trying with the catching stuff yeah and that's where like i mean i just have it basically written down here is like what happens if he comes to spring training and he hasn't progressed and andy is still ahead of him and andy is still the better defensive catcher like and then you've wasted i wouldn't say wasted that's a terrible maybe you have wasted an offseason of getting him acclimated to another position so if he comes in you know, Andy's still ahead of him defensively. Henry, you know, hasn't adjusted, unfortunately, and, and isn't going to cut it as a major league catcher. Then do you just, like, start the, the outfield experiment again? That's that's where my mind goes. It's like, what are we doing here? I mean, pick a position, exactly. stick with it, and just do it. Yep. No, and, and I, it might ultimately be one of the blind spots that costs this regime. I don't know. I hope not. Uh, but they seem like everybody has to play multiple positions, and I don't understand it. You know, by and large, I've seen one guy that I want to play multiple positions, and that's Jared Triolo. Like, if if you want to try him second base, shortstop, first base out, like, I have yet to see a position that kid, like, cannot play. I would keep going with that. Aside from that, I don't need to see everybody play the outfield, play corner infield spots, try him up the middle, whatever. I just... Sometimes less is more, and I'd like to see Henry Davis just get a chance to learn a position that he clearly did not know. And, I mean, if you look at – and I'm sure you have, Craig. Like, look at metrics and throwing fielders, outfielders specifically. Henry Davis has an absolute rocket. Yeah. It's among the ten best in baseball. So put that in a position to play. I've then equipped – I have a, a rocket arm freakish short, shortstop – who could go for 40-40 next season? I have one of the best throwing catchers in Major League, at least in terms of arm strength, who's incredibly athletic, puts a lot in, I think has the right demeanor to catch, just needs a little bit of seasoning. That's okay. I've got a right fielder with one of the best arms in my organization's history in all of Major League Baseball. Doesn't quite know what to do with it. That's okay. Uh, but was taken 1-1 overall for relatively good like i've equipped three of my positions extremely well if you just sort of admit this is the way we're going to go this is the best case scenario and i want to let this kid develop and just i mean we're not talking about rocket surgery here man <laughs> say that in, intentionally try, trying to be silly but like all we're talking about is routes to balls playing balls off the wall fielding them transferring them to the retrowing like that, those are the areas where he struggles yeah. He's fine. He's actually above average when you talk about like running and athleticism and, and that sort of stuff. just needs a feel for the position. Yeah, and I feel like in, in some ways it's like it's creating holes 
in the lineup where there don't need to be holes, if that makes sense. It's like you have, like you're saying, you're laying out your roster, and it's like, well, now, like, who is, like, the starting right fielder? Is it Connor Joe? Because we've talked about, and you've talked about the fact that he shouldn't be, it doesn't need to be an everyday player. I feel like he's he's good in, like, the backup, the, you know, platoon, whatever type of role it is. So then who's your right fielder? You know, now who's your first baseman? When we all know that, I'm I'm assuming the biggest need they have is starting pitching. Yeah, I mean, I, considering they finished the season with two of them, I think that's a good assumption. Yeah, um, they they absolutely have to address that, and to me, that's a whole separate conversation. And I do think it's something that's going to happen this winter. I know that I, I hear from a lot of people that you know say they need to get a first baseman, they need to fix the pitching, and, and I'm not going to believe it until they do. Like. I try to sort of talk them off the ledge a little bit and be like, they're aware. Um, you know, I think there's a time and place to spend money and do these things. And like, let's take a step back and realize what they were trying to do in 2021 and 22. Like it, it was not, you know, and I think we only learn this with time, right? Like, you don't totally learn it in the moment. You kind of think about it, but I mean, those teams were not designed to be all that competitive and, you know, we're seeing what they're building toward now. We're getting more data and, you know, as they look at a four-team win improvement and how to stack that further and where the weaknesses are, like, it's very clearly pitching. And I think they're lucky. They have an opportunity, however you want to put it. There's going to be some pretty decent and attainable starting pitching available this winter on the free agent market. Like, I do think they can go bring in a guy or two. It's not going to cost them an arm and a leg. I don't think they're going to be, you know, I don't think they're signing Sonny Gray. But I think they can go get Jack Flaherty. I don't see any reason why they can't. You know, you're going to give a guy an opportunity who has a a history of performance. And you're going to try to help him. And they've done this stuff before. So, anyway, it's a long way of saying I think they're aware of the need. I think they're going to address the need. And I think it is, yeah, absolutely the biggest need with them right now. And for right now... It's a waiting game for the rest of October <laughs> into part of November and maybe even longer, but we're going to be here for all of it. And Jason, thank you so much for coming back on here again. Uh, when stuff starts to uh, you know happen and everything, we'll definitely have to have you back on to discuss you know the moves that they do make and you know building towards spring training because as Pirates fans, that's what we're all looking forward to. I hope that this is a, a fun off season, Craig. I do. I mean, I'll be here for it. I'm always here for it. I, I enjoy this as as much as anything I do. Um, but yeah, it, it should be. It shouldn't be Rich Hill, Austin Hedges, G Man Choi sort of stuff. I hope it's a little bit more concentrated and a little better. But yeah, I, it should be. It should be a fun one. I look forward to, to talking to you more about. It. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Have a good one. You too. I see the changes in this town They change, they say